0: Welcome to the Mulligans Podcast, a real estate podcast dedicated to helping investors like you. Every week we interview relatable guests and focus on what led them to success in real estate investing and how we can do the same while avoiding their mistakes. Without further ado, let's get into today's show. So on today's podcast, we have Onaje Barnes. Onaje, I really appreciate you jumping on the show with me, man.
1: Sounds good, man. Great to great to be here. I appreciate the invite. How's it going? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to get into it. Um, so if you could just tell the audience a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Uh, my name is Omaji Barnes. Uh, currently, um, I am a long-term value-add, buy-and-hold real estate investor. I, I preface all that so people can understand what I do and what I don't do. I do not do HDTV, I flip <laughs> houses or whatever, but I, I am a value-add uh, investor. We do uh, force appreciation into our properties Um, and then, but we keep them, I don't sell real estate. Um, I try to keep as much as I
0: can, uh, for, for long-term generational wealth. Okay. And so how did you stumble into something like that?
1: Uh, you know, I literally just stumbled in, um, one, just recognizing that I want to be a homeowner first, right? Um, we went through a big layoff. Uh, I've been through a couple layoffs in my professional career, been through a big layoff. That kind of let me know that, hey, life ain't all peaches and cream and I'm not going to work for the same company for 35 years like my grandparents or whoever did. Right. It's just a new world. And once I realized that, you know, I, I fell in love with the idea of trying to gain passive income. Right. And once you kind of fall in love with that idea, then you start to think about what's the best way to do it and you kind of fall into real estate. And so I kind of fell into the idea of learning about real estate. And we wanted to test this theory at the time of real estate with our first house. Um, So we literally bought our first house, which is the house that we're still living in today, by the way. Yeah. And um, we bought that house. It was a value add, great neighborhood. I want to say the quote unquote after repair value was like 240 grand. And this was, we bought this house one month after Lehman Brothers crashed. Oh, wow. So we were quote unquote doing something that the rest of the world was not doing. Right. <laughs> right. Everybody was dumping real estate. We were buying. So we were able to get this house on a foreclosure for 135. And, um, and, uh, the, we got a, um, first time buyer loan, uh, program. A, a, a FHA 203K loan. Not sure if you're familiar with that. That's a great instrument, by the way. Um, and we got that uh, loan and they gave us about 30 grand to put into renovations on this house. And we did that. And six months later, we had 240 grand worth of equity. A couple months later after that, we did our first burn and didn't know what it was. Um, we didn't know it was. I just heard this idea that I could get a cash out refi and I did. And um, got a cash out 5 for $40,000. And I've never seen 40 grand in my account. Like ever. Like I had never seen that in my account or anyone's account that I knew. Okay. And so I got that and it was burning a hole in my pocket, but we were also in the financial crisis. So I was like, well, let's test this rental property theory out. <laughs> and uh, I, we saw a property, I think it was in Harm Clark for like 60 grand. At the time, again, this is the financial crisis, so we were buying in the financial crisis for like sixty grand. I only had forty, <laughs> so I offered forty, <laughs> and they took it, and the bank took it, because uh, it was the crisis. So we, so we bought this house for forty grand. I ain't have a, a couple thousand dollars left. Go to work, kiss my new bride wife. At five o'clock, get home, eat some McDonald's or some crap, <laughs> then went to Home Depot with about eighteen hundred dollars and a lot of sweat equity, and uh, we turned. I turned the house over in about two weeks and had a renter paying me nine hundred dollars, within the third week, and that's how I got started.
0: Wow! So th- that and are you still holding that property today? Absolutely. That's awesome. And what that, year is this taking place in?
1: Oh, uh, maybe oh nine, maybe
0: oh nine. Okay. And that property's
1: rent for about fifteen hundred now. By the way, because that's how appreciation works.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So that's your second deal. Really, the first one that you had the intention of right, right. Um, So, what does your portfolio kind of look like today? Is it is it all buy and hold single family? Uh, No, we've got thirty eight property, thirty eight units to
1: be clear, across I don't know twelve properties. So. Nine single families, one twenty-one unit, one eight unit, and some land,
0: and some land. Interesting. Okay, so is this all mixed in as deals come up? Did you realize yeah, I,
1: that I, I chase value? Okay, I chase so, value. Some people teach go buy your neighborhood. I mm-hmm. teach value.
0: Okay, so could like, you explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, you want to chase deals. See, it's so hard to get into real estate, right? takes a lot of capital, takes a lot of money, takes a lot of know-how, takes a lot of expertise. What about the contractors? What about this? What about that? What about this bad, hard money loan, right? Like there's a whole lot of whatabouts, right? And so for me, I think it's super important to have as much equity spread or as much margin in the deal as possible when you get started, right? Right. Um, Buy what you want. Buy all the cool stuff later after you start making money. First (laughs) things first, let's go make money, right? right? And the best way to do that is making sure that you're buying properties on discount right? Buying a foreclosure, buy a pre-foreclosure, go direct the seller, do the whole cold calling thing, do the whole skip tracing, whatever mess, right? Go do that. I'm not sure if you're going through that through the rest of your podcast, but you know, for us, I wanted deals. I want good deals. Um, we are based in Houston, but uh, we do have properties pretty much. They're scattered across the city, wherever. And that was a pain in the butt driving all of them all the time. But um, reality, it was all about how cheap could I get properties for? So we were able to get cheap uh, properties for some really good prices back in the day.
0: Okay. So have you, you've been acquiring uh, these past few years since 2009, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So is the market significantly different than it was back in Absolutely 2009? Absolutely it is. So Absolutely. how is, how has your strategy changed?
1: I chase value. Value, still chasing value. Right. So, so how you define value?
0: Right.
1: Right. So that's, that's the game, right? It, because, and this really and that's a great question, because a couple of years ago I had slowed down because the prices started spiking. and I'm like, man, I can't get the same 40,000 dollars and rent it for 900." Then I realized like, oh, well crap, you're not renting for 900 anymore. You're renting for 1,300, 1,400 and 1500. And then 40,000 turns into 80,000. Does that make sense? Right. But the margin was still there. Right, so that that right there is a big one. Now um, I'm a lot smarter now than even then, and so for me, I create value. So I chase properties that I can create value in, or I can force appreciation into. But forcing appreciation is beyond uh, rehabs now. It's you. You got to think outside the box.
0: Right. Right. Okay. So I'm going to make you think here a little bit. in uh, So how many single family properties had you done before you got into your first multifamily? A nine. Nine. Okay. So we, have not, when we, had, had,
1: we only bought one single family after we bought our multifamily. We, we, I won't buy any more single family.
0: Okay. So you, you fully transitioned into multi? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So what was now going into that, that first multifamily unit? How many, how many units was it? 21, 21 scared. years. So that's, that's quite a big difference. So I tripled,
1: a, I tripled our, our portfolio in one deal.
0: Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about going into that, what you were thinking, uh, what gave you the confidence to move uh, forward? Um,
1: you know, I, I consider myself a calculated risk taker. I don't think okay. of myself as a very risky investor, believe it or not. I think i myself as quite conservative. My background is in data science. My background is in economics. So I'm a numbers guy right? Ultimately, that's my strength. Um, so, you know, for me, once I got my head around my mindset right around mentally saying, okay, well, I'm just adding zeros and I'm adding numbers, then it really, really was about scalability. And once you, there's a certain point where once you start to get above five, six, seven properties, single families, scale systems start to come into play. You can't you, you know, you can't have all your tenants calling your cell phone, this, that, and the other. You can't go fix all the leaky toilets yourself. You, you might have to have handy. So I had to build systems. And reality, the only way you can build systems actually with scale.
0: Okay. okay. Um, so that first 21 unit, how did you finance that?
1: Uh, I went uh, normal bank financing. Well, let me back that up. Okay. There's a lot of ways to finance property, right? Um, I'm actually kind of jumping into the lending space these days. Uh, lots of ways to find money. Uh, for us, I didn't know n- nothing about commercial financing. And this is commercial. Anything above four units is commercial, by the way. Um, that's commercial. Everything under, under four is residential, okay? Commercial financing don't have laws, okay? They don't have uh, a Dodd-Frank, they don't, have, they, don't, they don't have a whole lot of stuff that protects you as a consumer. So I didn't know a whole lot about commercial financing. I didn't know that you couldn't get a 30-year note unless you're with Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac.
0: Right. right.
1: And you're not getting with them if you don't have that experience in family, which I did. Okay. So I, what I did was I leveraged uh, some relationships uh, with some small local banks. Um, they'll play ball with you a little bit. They play ball with me. And, um, they allowed me to put 20% down. I had used the bird strategy because I'm a bird guy. And, um, we had two properties that believe it or not, I bought for 21,000 each back in the day. Believe it or not. That's crazy. They, they and they're not tear downs. They're not POSs. Really? Brick homes. Yeah. Three three (laughs) bedroom, one bath brick homes. Wow. They were, I mean, I inherited tenants in them when I bought them, they, it tends to pay $900 when I uh, inherit them. Both of those properties are making $1,400 now. And then, I mean, they're solid rentals. Yeah. Bought, bought for 21 grand. I paid a wholesale fee to a friend of mine. Uh, I, I mean, like I said, I acquire properties every kind of way I can. Um, pay the wholesale fee. And um, years later, you know, I was so, in, I was anti-debt early on. Um, very anti-debt. Just pay off the house and, you know, have five houses paid for and I'm good in life then then you understand how inflation works and you realize you can't do that (laughs) or that doesn't work uh but uh so did that cash those two properties out got about 200 grand in my pocket both those houses are worth i don't know 160 170 now or something um and uh cashed them out bank gave me about a 100 a piece on them so i took that 200 grand that was my down payment for this 21 unit and uh that's how i got it
0: Okay, and how did you come across it? Was a non-market property? Did you cold call? It was off-market. Was it off-market?
1: Yeah, I just I'm a hustler, man. I mean, I'll say this, you know, I won't say I'm a hustler, but because I don't do a whole lot of the wholesale direct sellers stuff anymore, that's that's too much work for me. Um, but uh, I I do connect with a lot of wholesalers, so I actually found this one like on Facebook Marketplace. I'm pretty sure. Really. Yeah, but this is when Facebook Marketplace was really kind of popping off. Like, this was – I mean, it was three years ago, but it wasn't nowhere near as busy as it is now. Like, it was in a Facebook group, I think, and nobody had responded, which was crazy. Like, they had a no listing crazy. for – well, because it's different now. Like, yeah. multifamily is all the rave. When I was coming up, multifamily was like, man, be careful because you're sharing walls, lower tenant quality, all that kind of stuff, which is all true, by the way. Right. Uh-huh. So, uh, but multifamily is all the hot stuff now, right? Um, uh, but, but back then, I mean, again, this is like three years ago, back then, it really wasn't so hot. So yeah. I was able to, uh, kind of get it. And nobody had responded. I followed up. I mean, it took us about, I mean, it took us about five months of going back and forth, negotiating, bank, closing. So it, it definitely took a while. I mean, it wasn't no easy transaction, but got there.
0: Okay. So after you locked it up, did you have to uh, what kind of rehab did it need?
1: Yeah, I mean it was held out. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that, that, that's the best way to say that. It. I mean, it wasn't uh it was semi-stable. The owners definitely misrepresented the stability of the property.
0: As wholesalers do.
1: Yeah, as wholesalers do. Uh we were able to walk um I think I was able to walk literally like 19 out of the 21 units. Um and it had some decent bones to it, which I liked. Uh, like the flooring was a uh, porcelain towel was there. and was decent. And so I liked that piece of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we went unit by unit, which is not necessarily what I would recommend or I would do again, but that's what we chose. Uh, Cause that's, that's how my money, my, my, I didn't have that much money. So I couldn't just purge the whole place and dump all this money it. we had to go unit by unit. All
0: right. Okay. Um, so moving on from this 21 unit, what, what are your three to five year goals? What are you hoping to accomplish?
1: Uh, continue to invest in real estate. Definitely. I mean, I would say number one, I truly enjoy coaching and helping and teaching. So that's probably going to be like top of list as I expand that piece to it. Um, and then, uh, we'll continue to acquire, but at this point, I'm probably going to do a syndication deal just to say I've done one. Um, I'm not really in love with the idea of syndication personally, but I also respect that it's a great way to scale. So we'll probably do a syndication, try to get to 100 units, um, which I could do that. Um, but then in reality, we really want to focus on only buying properties that we can enjoy at this point. So that's kind of where I'm really focused today is being able to acquire I don't want to be the tired landlord 20 years from now to hate their tenants or whatever. Like I want to go on property, um, out the country or on vacation spots, things of that nature, things that can pay for itself that I also can enjoy. So it's, uh, I'm, we're, we're switching our strategy. We're, we're kind of mid switch right now. So we're, um, our, our current project is, uh, an eight unit complex that we're going to do a short-term
0: rental on. So Really? Okay. So I watched a webinar on that the other day. That's really interesting. Um, there's some people. Nobody's some, doing that. Nobody is. It's it's becoming more of a thing, but it's still not a super big thing right now. That's, well, I'm really every, everybody's to that everybody's doing goes.
1: short-term rental with arbitrage. Right. Right. Very few people are doing short-term rental where they purchase, and very, very, very few people are doing burst strategy short-term rental, and no one is doing multifamily burst strategy with short-term rental.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are few yeah, people doing that. I, I watched the webinar again the other day, and of course, the numbers may have been a little fuzzy, but they were still astronomical compared to the long term. Astronomical. I mean, they it's, are. It's crazy. We'll um, make
1: more money out of this eight unit than we will the twenty one unit.
0: Yeah, I, I bet you will. Wow. wow. So, and uh, this is just me being selfish here. How much do you think you'll spend furnishing each unit?
1: Um, I'm a hustler. I don't. I'm I not. I don't. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but. You know, that, you know, the, these webinars with the. Look, let me just tell you something. These guys who I probably know most of the players nationwide were, were teaching uh, rental arbitrage or some version of all this stuff or whatever. Look, you got to do, like real estate is about grinding, hustling, margins, and things of that nature. So I say that to tell you, we pre-bought one, three weeks after I closed. I heard about a guy who was losing all of his arbitrage units. He has spent 26,000 on four units and I bought them all, all the furniture for 10.
0: <laughs> that is a hustle. And, oh,
1: and, and 15 TVs along the way and all his locks and rain doorbells. Like I bought everything. I bought the silverware. I bought everything.
0: Man, so
1: I, I don't, I don't intend on ever paying full price for nothing. I don't say okay. full price. I don't pay full price for nothing in life. Um I mean, may, I mean maybe a good dinner. Like, yeah, I mean like, that's <laughs> but that, I mean, a steak or something, right? But but commodity, no. Nah. I mean, even I've never bought a new, I mean, I bought my first new car two years ago when the pandemic started because they had those crazy 84%, 0% uh 84 month deals, right? Right. And so I finally got my little dream Dodge Ram then. Mm-hmm. Cause it was a deal, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, But then look at, look at what cars are at today. Right. So, um, no, I don't, I don't, they, you know, those estimates are off. I hear people say all kind of crazy ass numbers, (laughs) 10 grand, five grand, 20 grand. I mean, I hear all kind of stupid numbers. I'm not spending that mess. Um, now we're going to do, we absolutely believe in curating a space. Let me be clear about that. I absolutely believe in creating an experience. But I have a lot of construction knowledge, so we can do a lot of cool stuff in our properties that the average person can't.
0: Right, stand out in that way.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm gonna spend on on decor, right? Right. I'll I'll say this: I'll have a nice decorated unit, but that don't mean I'm gonna spend all that money. Because I, I mean, I buy real estate; I don't buy furniture. Not HGTV. Yeah. No. Yeah. So a lot of those people that's talking, "Oh, spend this on, spend this on furniture," because you can't be an owner of real estate talking that mess. So that's just my perspective. I talk to short term rental guys all the time. And I, you know, I'm just like, "Mm, you own a (laughs) business. You probably own a really good business, but you're not a real estate investor to be clear. Right. Unless you own.
0: Right. Well, that's a perfect way to wrap up that segment. Okay. Moving on to the next one. Questions from a cup. I'll ask you three questions from this year cup. So question number one. What type of real estate do you not want to get into? So you kind of mentioned you're already in land. You're getting into the short-term rental side of things. Is there anything you don't want to do?
1: Single tenant, triple net.
0: Okay. Why is that? Risk. Risk?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I view it as risky. Um, I won't do flipping. I mean, I won't say flipping, but I'm not a flipper either. Uh, So flipping because of taxes, I don't necessarily believe it's a smart strategy. Arbitrage, I just ranted on arbitrage. That's why I won't ever do that. you don't own nothing um and then single tenant triple net uh i probably would stay away from so when i say single tenant triple net think of um think of walgreens like you can go own a walgreens right Mm -hmm. or you can go own a chase bank well guess what a lot of chase banks when they leave what can you do with that building
0: yeah it's not going to be a mcdonald's or a dry yeah
1: yeah so you're, it's only as good as that lease is worth at the time that you buy it. So I, I'll stay away from that. I'm, I'm not it's good for, I know sure. people who are in that game, right? It's just not for me.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Question number two, do you have a controversial real estate opinion?
1: Yeah, most of my opinions are quite controversial. <laughs> uh, I'll say my current controversial opinion that's probably current to today is, as I mentioned earlier, I don't really like syndication. Um, it works for the sponsor. It typically doesn't work for everyone else. And they're too uninformed to know that. So um, I like the idea of burn my way up myself um, and building my own portfolio. I don't want to have to answer to nobody. I don't want to be on investor calls. I don't want to ask. I don't want people calling me about where they money at. Um, I right. So I like to make my bets with my own money.
0: Yeah. Understood. All right. Third and final question. What is your favorite quote? It doesn't have to be real estate related. Make our money when we buy. Let's make this money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll
1: yeah. I, I, I say that's a quote. I don't know where it came from, but that's a real <laughs> estate quote. That's a real estate ism, right? We make our money when we buy. I always remember that. You remember that you'd be okay.
0: Perfect. Perfect. All right. Let's get into the next section here. The your Mulligan section. So, uh, question number one, in all of your investment career, what was your mulligan and what did you learn? What was your, Oh yeah, I get, this was easy.
1: Um, <laughs> so, um, back in the day, I gotta say back in the day now, you know, when the financial crisis going on, there were auctions everywhere. I don't know if you knew this, but there were like massive auctions that like George R. Brown and all this kind of stuff. There was auctions like once a month, right. Beyond the city auction, right. There were these national foreclosure auctions. And so, um, my wife is licensed, so we were used to just buying foreclosure off the MLS, and that was fine. There were tons of deals, right? And um, I found myself at a public auction, and, um, you know, the auction, you know, you had to go drive around these houses. So I went to the auction with about five houses on my list, and the auction goes, and the auction starts. And have you ever been to auctions? Auctions are emotional. Things move fast, Right. That's how they get the price up. So within five minutes, the five houses that I had seen were all gone above the price that I was willing to pay. Okay. And I saw another house about five minutes later come up. I hadn't seen this house. And um, I knew the zip code though. I knew the street. So I said, bump it. Let me bid. And I bid and I won. And I was walking down the aisle super happy about that. And a uh, older uh, veteran grabbed me. He said, hey. Did you see that house? I said, no, nah, but I saw the picture up there. He said, well, uh, you know that house burned down? And I was like, no, because I just bought this for a non-burned-down price. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> non-burned-down price.
1: <laughs> so I uh, drove, jumped in my car, didn't even get the keys, didn't even sign the papers. I drove over there. It was still in the morning. And sure enough, not only had it burned down, but the ceiling was caved in, so like all of the water of Houston had... So it was bold, burned and molded and all this mess. And so essentially, I mean, I think I had bid up to like 65K and I, all I got is a tear down lot that's probably worth about $6,000 at the time. Mm. So that's my big mulligan. Yeah. Um, I, but good news is it was still early. I went back to the auction, cried and told them, <laughs> you know, whatever. They told me you can never come here again. I say fine.
0: really so so they were able to not take your money
1: yeah they ran it back through the auction uh later that day because it was still early in the morning so i got out of that but oh wow big lesson learned don't ever buy another you ain't put your eyes on
0: wow yeah that's awesome i I did not think that story was going to end with you getting your money back that's awesome yeah Uh, I, I, i i haven't really
1: really lost uh a lot of money that's my big mulligan Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we made a lot of mistakes in rehab and all kind of other stuff or whatever. I've been burned. I've got all kind of crazy stories, mm-hmm. but, uh, that that's my big lesson to a lot of people. I try to tell. Them.
0: Yeah, that's great. So it seems kind of straightforward, but is there a system or rule you put in place to prevent that from happening again? Yeah. I mean, Hey, don't, don't worry
1: about that you <laughs> never seen, right? Like that, that. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good one. Um, but I would say a system and rule in general, I tell people always have multiple exit strategies. Mm-hmm. Don't fall in love with one way of exi- exiting, right? I think you can get in trouble. Markets change, know how to pivot, right? If you're in the flippers market or whatever, you know, I, I don't flip million dollar properties because you can't rent them out, right? Mm-hmm. And flow. right? You see what I'm saying? I, I, I got to make sure I have multiple ways to get out of a property just in case something happens that I can't anticipate because none of us have a crystal ball. Right. I need to be able to get out. Right. Or at least pivot and, and, you know, make some money or whatever.
0: Exactly. So for those wanting to be where you are currently, what piece of advice would you give them and what should they do first?
1: A piece of advice is get educated. um, But don't over educate to the point where Mm. you're not shooting a shot. So there's a certain point that you got to find. We all have to find it, right? Where education meets action, education meets action. You don't want to do too much action too fast without the education. So right. find your point. Um, and as far as getting started, know where you're starting at, right? Know what your financial position is uh, from a cash flow perspective, from also from a, uh, from a um, wealth perspective. And then know where you want to get to. And then a course. First thing is, where are you at today? Second thing is not the course, but where you want to end up. And then the last part is finding the course. Think of it like this on Google Maps. Google Maps, you you, you want to go downtown, it actually asks you where you're starting at first. Mm -hmm. Then it says where you want to go, right? Then it actually gives you three to four options on how to get there. And that's the beauty of of wealth and, and things like that it's not one way to skin a cat There's multiple ways to get there but be clear about where you want to go
0: i like that a lot that's good i hadn't heard that before did you come up with that
1: yes yeah that's like that's that, that's one oh, I, original yeah that's an onajay original right there i like
0: that well cool man we appreciate you being on um i'll go ahead and close you out so what is what is one thing that you would like the audience to know about you that we didn't get the chance to talk about today
1: uh, you know, I, I, I big on using my skills. I mentioned earlier, like I'm big. Uh, my background is in data science, data analytics. I use that in uh, my real estate career, various ways and whatnot. So, you know, this is kind of like about me, but also suggestion for people hone in there on your skills. Don't try to copy someone else's talents because they're not yours, right? right. Find, find, find your talents for you and figure out how you can use that in real estate, right? So if you're a people person, right? Then you might be a good at talking to people, right? So find out what you're good at. We're all good at something, right? And then figure out how you can uh, equate that uh, within your uh, career. And I think you'll be more successful that way.
0: That's great. Um, okay, so what are you looking for now? And how can our audience help you?
1: looking for deals, man. If y'all got any deals, you can absolutely <laughs> hit me at onaj10k.com, onaj10k.com, uh, O-N-A-J-E-10-K.com. You can join my buyers list. You can hit me up uh, on all my social media. It's a link to all my social media channels. If you are looking to sell a deal, I'm looking possibly to buy potentially um, because we are buying hold investors or you can check me out on social media and i give all kind of gems and drop all kind of knowledge every now and then. Um, You know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we're, we're looking to continue to buy. We're looking for small multifamilies um, anywhere from, I'd say 10 units. to about 80, Um, anything in that range uh, we're looking at it, value add, don't send me no junk, Uh, but, but that, but that's what we're looking for these days.
0: Perfect, man. And you kind of said it here a second ago, but uh, last question, where can people find out more about you?
1: Yeah, onaj10k.com.
0: Onaj10k.com. And Perfect,
1: that's a, man. that's a, uh, that's a great, it's a, my, not only my website, but you can, it's links to all my coaching or social media or whatever you, you might be want to just connect with me.
0: Perfect. Well, onaj, it was a pleasure. I'm so glad that you were able to hop on tonight. Uh, thank you for sharing your, your years of wisdom with us. No problem.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe and share with somebody you know. It's how we're able to grow and reach other people. For more real estate content, please follow us on social media at mulligans underscore underscore. And don't hesitate to reach out to us or our guests to learn more. Until next week.